this is a Scottish folk tale called Clever Kitty. Now there was once an old woman who had three daughters. The youngest daughter was called Kitty, and she was an extremely smart girl, very clever, sharp as a tack she was. You know, I don't know what the names of the two elder sisters were, but it doesn't really matter. Now, Kitty's mother took ill, and she was on her deathbed, and she called her daughters to her, and she said, You know, I'm a poor old woman, and I really don't have long left for this world, and I don't have much to gift to you. All I've got is a pot and a pan and half a bannock with my blessing. And that's all I've got to give to you. And I would like you to go up to the castle where the king lives and see if you can get a job working for him because that would make you for life. That would set you up. You would have a good job behind you and I wouldn't need to worry about you. Well... The poor old woman died, and the girls, of course, were heartbroken. Now, the oldest sister got the pot, the middle sister got the pan, and the youngest sister, Kitty, got nothing but half a bannock and her mother's blessing. But, you know, sometimes a mother's blessing can be worth more than all the gold in the world. Now they did what they were advised, and they went up to the castle, and they saw the king, who liked to watch over everything that was going on in the castle. So, he said, what can you do? He said to the oldest. I can shape and shoe, and many a bra thing I can do, she said. What she meant by that is she could shape cloth and sew it together to make clothes with. He turns to the middle one and says, And what can you do? I can bake and brew, and many a bra thing I can do. Mm, Very good, he said, yes. We'll need the two of you, for sure. And then he turns to Kitty and says, And what can you do? And Kitty smiles at him and says, Oh, I can do anything that you want. I can do anything that those two can do. And... I could turn the moon into a cream cheese and take all the stars out of the sky if I wanted to. Well, said the king, sounds like you're quite a formidable person. I would be foolish not to have you working for me. So he gave Kitty a job as well. Now, her older sisters were always a bit nasty towards Kitty. They didn't really want her there, to be honest. They thought that they were better than her, but they were also jealous of the fact that she was so smart. But Kitty didn't care. And you know something? It didn't bother her, because she loved her sisters anyway, even if they were bad to her or called her names. She didn't care. Now, the king was watching over them. And sure enough, they could do as they were saying. The eldest was making fine clothes, beautiful clothes. She was shaping cloth and sewing it together. The middle one was baking away and brewing fine ale, and yep, king liked that, that was good. But Kitty was something else. She was clever. Oh boy, was she clever. 
and the king noticed it. So he called her to her one day, and he said, Kitty, I've got a job for you, which I think you could probably do, although it's beaten everybody else. Well, what's that? Well, he said, I have an awful hankering after the sword of light. Sword of light, said Kitty. What's that? Well, it's a sword that glows in the dark. It can light up the darkest night and make it turn into day. And it belongs to a giant. A giant, she said. Yes, there's a giant who lives uh, a bit away from here, over a very deep river. And, well, he's not a very nice person. He's been robbing and stealing from around here and eating people, and, oh, he's he's a horror. Everybody's terrified of him. The only thing that stops him from destroying the kingdom is the fact that he lives on the other side of that deep river, and there's a deep gorge that runs through it, a very, very deep, narrow cavern, chasm, and in the bottom of it is a very fast-flowing river. And there's a bridge across it, but it's very slender. It's called the Bridge of One Hair. And the giant can't cross it because he's too big. It'll break and he'd fall in the river and drown. Mm-hmm, I see, she said. So, Kitty made a few inquiries about the, about the, uh, the giant and where he lived and about the Sword of Light and she hatched a plan. And off she went. She walked and she walked and she walked until she came to that ravine with the big raging river in it and this thin slender bridge, the bridge of one hair, and she crosses over it and she's into the giant's land now. But she waits there until night falls and it's dark. And then she crawls up onto the giant's roof, and she looks down the chimney. Now the giant's making porridge for his supper, and he's very, very particular about his porridge. So he's tasting it the whole time, always stirring and stirring and stirring and tasting and tasting and tasting, just to make sure that it was just the way that he liked it. Now, Kitty had brought with her in her apron a huge quantity of salt. And when she was sitting on the roof, looking down the chimney, over the cooking pot where the the porridge is bubbling away, she took a handful of the salt and she dropped it into the pot. The giant was stirring away and he tasted it and he went, Oh, it's too salty, it's too salty. Well... He carries on stirring it anyway, and she is slowly dropping the salt down. He never noticed, but his porridge is getting saltier and saltier and saltier, and he's stirring and stirring and stirring, and he's tasting and tasting and tasting, and he's going, oh, it's too salt, it's too salt, it's too salt. Well, in the end, he called to one of his servants to go out and fetch him a pitcher of water from the well. He was going to put more water into the porridge and see if he would, if it would make it a bit fresher, if it would take some of the salt away from it. Well, you'd better take the sword of light with you, said the giant. 
because it's a very dark night. So the servant took his pitcher and he took the sword of light and he went out the back door and it shone the whole backyard there was just like daylight. And he went over to the well and Kitty very carefully scrambled down off the roof and sneaked up behind them. And when he was bending over to scoop the water out the well, she pushed him so that he fell headfirst into the well. And then she snatched the sword of light and she ran off with it. Now the giant was waiting for his servant to come back with the water and he never turned off. And he was starting to get a bit annoyed about this and thinking, what's he doing? So he went out to see what was happening. And he was just in time to see Kitty running away with the sword of light. And he went after her and he started running after her as fast as he could. But she ran across that bridge of a single hair and that was it. There was no way he could cross over that river. There was no way he could step on that bridge without breaking it. And so Kitty brought the sword of light back to the king. And he was so delighted. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Kitty. I'm going to marry your eldest daughter to my eldest son. Fair enough, said Kitty. And so that's what happened. Now time passed and the king was contented. But then after a while, you know, he starts fretting and worrying again. And he calls Kitty and he says, You know, Kitty, I have a terrible hankering after something. Oh, what is it this time that you're after? Well, the giant, he says, he's got a horse, and it's a most magnificent horse, and it's got a beautiful saddle that's all covered with silver bells that tinkle when he rides it. I want that horse. And I want that saddle with all the bells in it. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. And you were clever getting that sword of light, so I can just assume that you will be as good at getting the horse with the saddle. Well, said Kitty, so what's in it for us? Well, I'll marry your middle sister to my younger son. Fair enough, said Kitty. I'll do it. So she gathered up lots and lots and lots of straw in her apron, and she headed off across the bridge of the one hare, and she came up to the stable where the horse was, and she went round and round and round the horse, and she packed all the little silver bells full of straw so that they wouldn't tinkle when they moved. And when she'd finished doing that, she jumped up on the horse's back, and she spurred it up, and she set off at a gallop, back over towards the bridge of one hair. Now, unfortunately, Kitty had missed one of the bells, and it didn't have straw in it, and it did tinkle when the horse ran off with it, and the giant heard it. And he got out and he started to chase after Kitty, going, Come back here, Kitty, because he'd obviously heard of who she was. But she rode and rode until she was over that bridge of the bridge of one hair, and right back to the castle. And she gave the horse 
with the beautiful saddle all covered with silver bells to the king. And ah, he was like a bairn with a new toy. Well, the middle sister married the younger son, Prince, and there they were, happily enough. And time passed. And then, you know, the king started hankering again. Kitty, he said, I have another task for you. Oh, do you? said Kitty. What is it this time? Well, you were successful at getting the, the sword of light and the, the beautiful horse with the saddle with all the silver bells. But you know that giant has got another great treasure. Mm-hmm. What might that be? He's got a bedspread on his bed that is all decorated with precious jewels and gems. It sparkles. It's gorgeous. I want that. Mm-hmm. And what's in it for me this time? Well, if you can do that, Kitty, I'll marry you myself, and you can be the queen. Fair enough, said Kitty. I'll do it. So she headed back. She crossed over the bridge of one hair, and she went straight into the giant's house, up into his castle, and straight up the stairs to his bedroom, and she hid under the bed. <clears throat> now that night the giant and his wife went to bed and soon the two of them were snoring and Kitty grabbed the edge of the bedspread and she gave it a sharp pull and it woke the giant up what are you doing he said to his wife nothing his wife said yes you are you're pulling the blankets off me no I'm not she said it wasn't me well the giant was mad, and he gives her a shove, and he pulls the blanket back. And after a while, the two of them are snoring away again. So then Kitty grabs the bedspread, and she gives it an even bigger pull. And the giant wakes up, and he shoves his wife again, and he goes, What are you doing? Not doing anything, she said. Yes, you are. You're pulling this bedclothes off me, and you're making a wriggling about waking me up. I am not, she said, poor old dear, she was nearly crying. Well, he pulled the blanket back again, and he went back to sleep. Now Kitty waited until the two of them were sound asleep, and then she gave the bedspread such a huge hard pull that she pulled it clean off the bed. Now it was a really heavy bedspread, because it was so covered with gemstones, beautiful jewels. Now the giant got out of bed, and he was very angry. And he looked under the bed, and he saw Kitty, and he grabbed her by the hair, and he pulled her out, and he lifted her up, and he said, Kitty, you've caused me a great mischief, you have, and I'm going to kill you. Now the trouble was, the giant wasn't very clever. Giants generally aren't very clever. Now, he wasn't very smart, and, you know, he didn't even have the brains to think up something to do with Kitty. So he thought he was being clever by asking her what she would do if she was in his position. So, he says to Kitty, what would you do if you were me? How should I kill you? Well, if you were in my position, said the giant, 
How would you kill me? Oh, that's easy, she said. I'd make a big bowl of porridge. And I'd make you suck porridge until the porridge came out of your ears and out of your nose and out of your eyes and out of your mouth. Ugh, he said. And then I'd tie you up in a sack. I'd go off to the forest. I would cut down a big tree and I would take it back and I would beat the sack with it until you were beaten to a pulp. Right, said the giant. That's what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> he thought he'd outsmarted her. Kitty smiled. He took her down, set her down in front of a big bowl of porridge, and she started to eat porridge. Now, she was quite hungry. She'd been hiding up there all day, so a bowl of porridge was just what she was needing. And she ate, and she ate, and she ate, and the giant was watching her to see if porridge would start come spurting out of every hole. And it didn't. And then he got bored, and she kept on supping. And then he started looking around him, because he was bored with looking at this girl eating porridge. And when she could see that the giant wasn't looking, she grabbed up a handful of porridge and she threw it into her face, so her face was covered with porridge. And when the giant turned around again, he said, Ha ha! So now you've eaten so much porridge, it's starting to come out of your ears, and your eyes, and your nose, and your mouth, is it? It is, she said. And then he took her and he tied her up into a sack. And he laid her down on the floor, and then he went off to the forest to chop down a tree to beat it with. Now, Kitty, of course, was a lot smarter than the giant, and she had this all planned out. She took a knife out of her pocket, and she cut her way through the sack, and she got out. And then she went up to the giant's bedroom, and she grabbed the giant's wife, and she shoved her into the sack, along with the giant's children, and also his servants, and also all his cattle, and his pigs, and his ducks, and his hens, and his dog, and his cat. Well, she tied them up in the sack, and then she grabbed the big bejeweled bedspread, and she ran for all she was worth towards the bridge of one hair. And the giant came back, and there was a big bulging sack, and he started to beat it with the tree trunk. And they were all going, ow, 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 inside it. The giant's wife was screaming, the kids were crying, the servants were hollering, the cattle were bellowing, the pigs were squealing, the dogs was barking, the hens were clucking, and the cat was meowing. And they were all saying to him, it's me, but it's me, it's me. And he said, I know who it is, thinking it was still Kitty. And he was carried on, beating away on that sack, until everything went quiet. And when he opened the sack and looked in, oh, he was so furious when he saw what had been he'd been tricked. So he ran out again, and he put on his shoes, his boots, his seven-league boots. These were boots that would do seven leagues in a stride, a very long distance. And using that, he was almost catching up with Kitty. But Kitty crossed that bridge, and she was on the other side, safe and sound. Now the giant stood there, and he looked at her, and he said, Kitty, if you were me, what would you do now? How would you cross this river? What I would do, said Kitty, is I would get a long piece of rope, 
and I would tie a stone to the one end of it, and I would tie your purse full of gold to the middle, and then you should hold the end of it and throw the end with a rock over the gully here to me, and then I will pull you across the river. Right, said the giant, I will. So he ran back and he got a big rope and he tied a stone to the end and he tied his purse full of gold to the middle and he threw the rock over to Kitty and Kitty started to pull the rope across towards her and the giant held on to the one end of it and he went into the river and Kitty was pulling him across the river hand over hand on the rope pulling and pulling it towards her until she reached the big purse of gold. And then she untied the purse of gold from the string, from the rope, and she untied the stone from the end of the rope too. And then she let go of the rope, and the giant was swept away in the river and drowned. And that was the end of him. And so she went back to the castle, where... She gave the bedspread to the king, who was so delighted, he married her, and they had a wonderful wedding, and they lived there happily together for a very, very long time after that.